Hello and welcome to Dave's Music Room. I'm David Kavlovic, ready with another program of what I consider to be musical affirmations. We all need affirmative influences in our life and good music certainly fills that bill. So I hope you're settled in. You have a nice cup of tea or something to sip on. Of course, I always have a cup of tea. Here's mine again. Nice and warm for a cold December day. Apparently drinking excess amounts of tea can contribute to gout. I am very well aware of that fact. Anyhow, the music I'm presenting today should hopefully alleviate any symptoms of gout or anything else that might be ailing you. Today we're featuring Concerti by Antonio Vivaldi and specifically 12 Concerti from a set published as Opus 8, which means that Vivaldi had seven other published sets in his uh, background and that it suggests incredibly well how um, influential and popular Vivaldi was. This set of Opus 8 was titled Il Cimento dell'Armonia e dell'Invenzione, or The Contest Between Harmony and Invention. It was published in Amsterdam in 1725. That's a big and important deal because Amsterdam at the time was the musical publishing center of Europe. Its advanced techniques and technologies allowed for fairly quick output of published material and they were desired all over Europe. So that also attests to Vivaldi's popularity. What's uh, typical of this period of publication is composers often published usually concerted works, chamber music, or uh, solo pieces of music in groups of either six or twelve. In this case, Vivaldi collected twelve concerti that he had composed previously into this set as Opus 8. Now, Vivaldi's concerti were mostly composed in Venice when he was the Maestro dei Concerti at the famous Ospedale della Pietà. That was a home for orphaned young girls. That they became virtuoso musicians is part of music legend. Well, of course, not all of them did, just the ones who showed musical talent. And this was really quite an advanced thinking at the time to provide girls with any sort of education. These uh, young girls provided concerts regularly on Sundays and holidays, and this was a big event in, Vienna, in Venice. People from everywhere showed up to attend these concerts. What's interesting is that uh, the concerti as presented at the concerts compared to the versions printed are quite different. The manuscripts that exist for the original versions of these concerti show a far more virtuosic bent in the, especially in the solo lines, compared to what was published. That really suggests that the, these young girls were talented indeed, and more so than your average uh, amateur musician and even uh, professional musician. This is no different with the concerti that comprise Opus 8, including the first four concerti in the series, which are best known as Le Quattro Stagioni, yes, the Four Seasons. Like the other eight concerti that comprise uh, the Twelve with the Four Seasons, they were all composed most likely at different times, not 
say the year before at publication, and that would be 1724. It was common practice for composers to gather their best works or the works that they want uh, to have published, regardless of when they compose them. Now, it is possible that the four concertos that comprise the four seasons were meant to be heard as a unit, potentially, but that is not the reason why uh, a, a set of concerti are published. The idea of playing all of them at once is really more of a modern thing that we do, and uh, a lot of cases that is because of the way they're presented on record, and we like to have uh, complete uh, accounts of things. However, it's very, very doable to present all these 12 concerti in one concert, since they take about two hours, a typical length of a concert, to do so. But as I said, that's not necessarily how they were performed. And again, that could be the exception with the Four Seasons, although they too were composed at different times, and Vivaldi sort of refashioned them to make them a group of four. We know this for two reasons, one of which is the poetry that he wrote himself into the score to sort of depict what's going on in each concerto, and that is also very unusual. The other aspect following that is that in the final concerto, the one for winter, in the very last movement, there is a quote from the summer concerto, clearly indicating that everybody's tired of winter and they want a return of summer. The other eight concerti do not follow such a strict um, pattern, but they can, and some of them do have uh, nicknames, as do the Four Seasons. And we're going to hear this set of, of, eight, of eight. This is Opus 8. We're going to hear the set of 12 in groups of six, because that's how they fall. So that kind of bends our ear a little bit more. We're kind of used to hearing the Four Seasons as a group, and we're psychologically finishing that when we come to the end of winter. But to add two more concerti to that, I think expands our listening horizon a bit more. Now, what you can listen for in the Four Seasons, of course, is in spring you have bird song, you have dogs barking, you have peasants dancing very happy for the spring. In the summer, you have the heat, you have people just weary from the heat, you have threats of thunderstorms and an actual storm in the final movement. In autumn, again, you have happy peasants. <laughs> peasants are usually happy, or they're supposed to be working on the harvest and getting a little bit drunk on the harvest wine, sleeping it off, and then a big hunt the next day in the third movement. And finally, winter, you have the wonderful effect of the shivering cold, the teeth chattering, the drops of rain, because it really rains more than snows in Italy. And finally, of course, the swish at the end with another great winter storm for summer. But things continue because the next two concerti are also subtitled. The fifth one is called La Tempesta di Mare, or the Storm at Sea, and it's a very stormy concerto. So it kind of fits to come right after the Four Seasons. The second one, Il Piacere, or Pleasure, is a delightful piece as it suggests. The seventh is subtitled Per Pisendel, and that's named for and dedicated to the uh, German Baroque composer Johann Georg Pisendel, because Vivaldi was popular, especially in Catholic areas of Germany and in Austria. Then number 10 is also scored, or I should say number 10 is also subtitled La Caccia, or The Hunt. So we have this element of program continuing, 
As I say, the works weren't necessarily meant to be played um, as a group, but individually they are very pleasant and can stand their own ground in whatever combination they end up with with other compositions. As I said, we're going to hear them in groups of six, and the performance we're going to hear dates from 1977 and is one of the first and one of my favorite performances on period instruments, that is, instruments at the time of Vivaldi or reconstructed to match that sort of sonic quality. I find it a very wonderful performance in that uh, it is very biting, very assertive, nothing uh, sappy and syrupy about it, which often happens with modern instrument performances, especially of the Four Seasons. I find it thoroughly engaging, and the performance we're going to listen to is by Concentus Musicus Wien under the direction of Nicholas Harnencourt, the violin soloist for the sixth concerti that we're going to hear right away, as soon as I stop talking, is his wife Alice Harnencourt. So without further ado, let's listen to the first six concerti of Opus 8. They include, of course, the Four Seasons. And Opus 8 is titled Il Cimento dell'Armonia e dell'Invenzione, a great title created by Antonio Vivaldi to accommodate the 12th concerti in this set.
Thank you.
the first six concertos from Antonio Vivaldi's Opus 8 publication titled Il Cimento dell'Armonia e dell'Invenzione. The first four of those six concerti are, of course, the famous Le Quattro Stagioni, The Four Seasons. We heard it performed by violinist Alice Harnancourt and Concentus Musicus Wien under the direction of Nicholas Harnancourt. Well, I hope that gives you a, a good idea, not only of how the music would have sounded in Vivaldi's time, but also that there's more to Opus 8 than just the first four concerti. Now, I think this is a good point to take a little breather, perhaps, as the Germans say, a little pinkelpause, if you have to. I'll wait. This is the beauty of podcasting. You can pause and I'll still be here, assuming you're still listening. I hope you're still listening. Oh, come on, David. People do like to listen. It's good music, even if you are talking. <laughs> Anyhow, another sip of tea here. Mm. Yes, I know, gout. Anyhow, do want to remind you that you are in David's music room. Yes, you are. And I'm David Kavlovic. I certainly want to hear from you. You know how to get in contact with me, especially those who don't have my phone number. You can send me an email at kapustadave at yahoo.ca. You can find that address embedded in whatever platform you use to access this podcast. So let's continue now with the remaining six concerti. We're going to have a bit of a tonal palette difference in that two of the concerti, numbers 9 and 12, were originally written for oboe. Even though this set was published as the violin version, the orchestral, we might as well call it orchestral, uh, accompaniment is not any different from the original manuscript featuring the oboe. And Nicholas Harnoncourt decided it might be nice to have a little bit of a tonal difference and have those two concerti played on the oboe. What this tells me is that they must have had an incredibly talented young woman playing the oboe because that is not an easy instrument to play. It's rumored that a lot of oboists suffer from dementia a lot earlier than most musicians. That would probably make them at the age of 20. I'm kidding. Anyhow, let's listen to these next six concerti. The oboist will be Jörg Schiftlein. Again, we hear Alice Harnoncourt as the violin soloist in the other concerti, and Concentus Musicus Wien under the direction of Nicholas Harnoncourt. Concertos number seven, or numbers seven, how should I say that? Concerti numbered seven to 12, I'm gonna go with that, from Opus 8 of Antonio Vivaldi, Il Cimento dell'Armonia e dell'Invenzione.
music room today we have been listening and just finished listening to the last seven concerti of a group of 12 published as opus 8 and subtitled il cimento dell'armonia e dell'invenzione or the combat between harmony and invention a set of 12 concerti by antonio vivaldi this set of course has the famous quattro stagioni or the four seasons as the first four concerti but as I said, we listened to all 12. I certainly hope you found them to be wonderful musical affirmations. In this recording from 1977, we heard violinist Alice Harnencourt and oboist Jörg Schäftlein in Concertos 9 and 12. Concertus Musicus Wien was under the direction of Nicholas Harnencourt. As I said, this was a very famous recording, first issued on Telefunken's Das Alte Werk series. Telefunken no longer exists as a label. It was bought out by Warner Classics. Uh, but as Warner Classics reissued it on CD, they have kept the Das Alte Werk moniker for Baroque and uh, Renaissance and medieval recordings. It's a set well worth purchasing. I highly recommend it. Well, as I say, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it was to your satisfaction, edification, and certainly set you off into the cold night or warm day or whenever you're listening to this with some fire in your belly let's put it that way i have tea in my belly yes i know gout but 
I'm nice and warm on a cold day that this podcast has been sent into the ethers. I certainly hope you will visit Dave's Music Room again. Until next time, I'm David Kavlovic. Thank you for listening.